It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Kevin. He is Gordon. Subscribe to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube page where you can become a member and download the audio version wherever you listen to podcasts. Gordon, I got to say, I believe you're wearing the same shirt you wore for the last show. I am? Okay. Well, we have yeah, video. I am. We have video evidence. Gordon is wearing the same shirt as he did. On the Monday pod, <laughs> Gordon. Well, so all, it's What's it's just a on? sweatshirt. I'm wearing a different shirt underneath, but it's 60 degrees in my house right now. I don't know how to do the thermostat well, clearly. And the sweatshirt is just in my office, and so I just put it on. I, you know, yeah, I'm not I'm not dirty. I swear, I'm I'm a, I'm a normal person who changes clothes regularly. I just happen to wear a sweatshirt. Sweatshirts you can wear more than one day right that's sweatshirts and jeans those are like universally known as it's okay to wear it more than one time right the jeans for sure sweatshirt when you're on a video show probably should try to rotate listen i don't have an expansive wardrobe either if people have been really paying attention i got about six or seven shirts that i flip through i'm waiting for a budget to come through to outfit me in the finest long sleeve t-shirts uh, available or long sleeve shirts available. And, but, but I, do, I am cognizant of it. I do try, like I check sometimes because I'm worried about it. Well, I'm not wearing the exact same wardrobe. I have a hat on, I have a red hat. So <laughs> I'm changing it up. I'm maybe Cause wearing you woke up same... later and didn't do your hair. Yeah. That's why you have so a like, hat on. That, that look is different from this look. See, there's a change. You got the hat on. So yeah, I think it's fine. I think I'm okay. I'm cold, so I don't care. I'm sorry I didn't be eclectic with my sweatshirt choice, but I'm cold and I like this sweatshirt. It's a nice sweatshirt. It got the eagle green color. You know, I'm wearing want- a tie-dye shirt underneath this. Should I have been wearing tie-dye instead? Yeah, that would have clearly stood out and that would have sent a message 
that, hey, I have a different shirt because everybody would remember the tie-dye shirt. I don't want to dwell on the fact that you said that you don't understand how to use a thermostat, so we can just move right past that. Yeah. Like that, know would, how- that would open up a whole new avenue of discussion on this show, which I don't want to get us that far off track, but I'll put a pin in that. For the record, I know how to use a thermostat, but when it's wild temperatures outside in Texas, you kind of don't know what to do with it because you don't want to make it constantly heating itself because then you're using up too much energy. So then it feels really hot all of a sudden. We also on, want it to on. be cool. It's just complicated. Do you know how a thermostat works though? Yes. It, I know you can either. To pre- it prevents that to exact thing. Yeah, and then it stays there. That's the whole point of a thermostat. It's not going to keep running the heat. If you set it to 70, it stays at 70. No, it's our house has a bunch of – it only heats the house like in certain pods. So it gets really hot in certain areas of the house. But it, oh, the overall temperature is 70. But like if you go to the bathroom, you feel like you're in a sauna because all the heat is just getting stuck there. So it's – it's a fun. All right, let's move on. Let, what are we talking is, about today? What are we talking well, about? Well, this, okay, this might be worse than you not understanding how sunscreen works, but again, we'll get to that later. We might do a whole, maybe that'll be a bonus pod sometime for the members if they want to dive yeah. into Gordon's insane theories. Uh, we're going to forecast things that we believe are going to happen in 2022. So we're going to pick who's going to be the athlete of the year, who's going to be the first person to break a indoor world record, outdoor world record, who's going to be the NCAA outdoor champion, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to get to all of those but there's a couple bit of new couple pieces of news i want to talk about first this milrose 60 gordon is shaping up to be really good in a couple weeks it's already going to be intriguing because we're going to have the return of christian coleman coming back after his suspension he's a world record holder owner of most of the top five times in history in the 60 this is his bread and butter event Curious just to see how he does after the long layoff. But then you throw Ronnie Baker in there, who's a spectacular 60 runner on his own. Trayvon Bromel, who ran really well last year in the 60, and obviously a great 100-meter runner. And then Noah Lyles adding a bit of star power in there as well. We always downplay indoor, and we're always used to people scratching and backing out. Are you surprised that this many big names are running against each other this early in the season? No, I'm not. I think Milrose does a good job of paying athletes to come and compete. And I think the appearance fee and just the opportunity is too hard to pass up. I think the definition of whether or not an athlete truly cares about indoor is how they approach USAs and ultimately go into Worlds. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of athletes. I mean, Allison Felix comes and does Milrose games. Mm all the time, even though she doesn't go on to do USAs. And so I'm not surprised. I think um, we're in a unique situation where we could have multiple stars at the same time because Christian Coleman was missing Mm -hmm. for two years. And because he was missing, it allowed for another star to be created. And by Mm -hmm. star, I mean like top guy, right? Top dog. So Coleman is kind of, we think of Coleman as a 2019 Coleman, but then you have the people who ran well in 2021. Meanwhile, Coleman still stays in his status of, he he never lost, right? Mm Because you have all these Mm -hmm. people who are now developing a a resume. Right. And, you know, Coleman, world record holder. Bromel, world champion in 2016. Baker, third fastest ever. 
it, it turns out to be something pretty good. And then you have Noah Lyles, who's just a, a star because of what he's yeah. been doing on the outdoor track. So it's going to be exciting. And um, if I had to predict, I have, a, I think Coleman is going to be good. I was, I was actually thinking about this. Bold, bold pick. You know, the world well, record holder will be good. No, like I was next, like Coleman, he's gone for two years. Is he going to come back and be the regular self? Is he going to be 80% of what he was in 2019? Is he going to be 110%? of what he was in 2019. And I was trying to think like, did Coleman lose out on his prime? And I was looking at it. I was looking at his age and I was kind of like, you know what? I think Coleman is going to be, is going to be just, it's going to come back where he left off. At first I thought it, I was, I thought it was going to be, he was going to be less than what he was in 2019. But now I'm thinking he's going to be the same, if not better. I don't think he's going to come back as a 80% of 2019. I think he's going to come back as 110, 105% of 2019. If that's true, I'm willing to say I think Coleman will be the favorite in the sprints in 2022. Right. Uh, but the fact so, the fact remains he missed the prime Olympics. Yeah. That still is a fact that will never be changed from history. And when we get to the end of his career, we'll be able to say, all right, was that just a – a blip on the radar or what did that end up being his clearly his best chance from a competition perspective it makes sense that he's going to run this race because everybody's going to be rusty because it's going to be early season if his suspension ended in late february or march or may it would be tough for him to go against guys even though he's obviously yeah. got the prs and the medals to back it up with guys who are already race sharp unless somebody's been running low-key 60s for the last week and a half that we don't know about everybody's gonna go into this race trying to feel it out so it 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 makes sense for him to start at this point where everybody else is starting new year opener he's on the same page as everybody else i mean look at this instagram post from five days ago does that not look like the fastest man in the world i think it does in my opinion all black he's ready to go I'm I'm all I think I think uh I think he's gonna be good. I uh yeah, I think he's the favorite. You say I think, it as if it's I, news. I don't think anybody no, doesn't no. think who thinks raise your hand if you think he's not gonna be good. If in the comments, Fred send raises, us an email. Fred Fred Curley raises his hand. Trayvon Bromel raises Curley, his hand. No, 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 Andre no. no. DeGrasse raises gonna, his hand. No, there's a difference between thinking he's gonna be good and thinking you're still gonna beat them. Of course his competition's gonna think that they can still beat him, but I don't think anybody thinks Coleman missed out uh on his opportunities to be fast in the hundred he's not 35 years old i think everybody understands this guy is still a threat and i think he's gonna throw something down really fast at milrose and then anybody who had any qualms about it, any reservations is gonna think all right yeah we're back to where we are with this guy i was just surprised how young he was he's only 25 still turns 26 in march so yeah i was like well, okay that you're you're still in your prime because your sprinter prime for most people ends around 28, 29. So, right. And Gatlin wasn't, was different. He obviously ran into his 30s, but he still got a good three year run in him, in my opinion. And by run, I mean where you're able to run nine eights and nine sevens. So, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to oh. be exciting for whatever. And he doesn't have to do USAs because he has a buy. So, that's going to be interesting. And, uh, yeah. 
anyway. Nobody. I just want to get it out there. Him. I think he's going to be good. I know that. I know that's probably a, a dumb take because it's like you think the world champion is going to be good, but you know, yeah. world record it's a take holder. in my opinion. So, yeah. Look, he's going into. You could say his sixty is better than his hundred because he's the world record holder as well too. So yeah. he's entering into his best event at a point in the year when everybody else is going to be just rounding into shape or just getting into sharpening. Right. Like that's, that's the difference. It's, it'd be totally different if we're talking about, Hey, he only, he only has two races outdoors before USA champs. Like how, how good is he going to look or his, his, um, suspension ended right on the cusp of world championships. Can he get sh- in yeah. shape in time? He's got plenty of time. He's got plenty of time. Like once the ban got reduced, it was clear that he was gonna have plenty of time to get ready. I'd be surprised if he wasn't sharp. Um, women's sprint news. Any news in this women's sprint, Gordon, you want to touch on before we go into our forecast of 2022? So, World Athletics posted on Instagram a normal post. Uh, It was about Femke Bull, and they were saying, hey, get excited. Femke Bull, great 400-meter hurdler, indoor 400-meter champion, is targeting a world indoor title. That's what World of Athletics does. They try to promote some of the athletes. But yeah. the top comment, which now has later been deleted, either by the commenter or World Athletics, Shakari Richardson posted, to whoever it concerns, I will sue you if you mention the name Shakari Richardson again. Now, that's, this is, I mean, it's funny, right? Because it's like, okay, that, that's not how the, the real world works. That's not how the internet works. It's kind of wild coming from Shikari to like get so wild up over a Femke Bowl post. Maybe Shikari was accidentally tagged in it or something. Maybe that's an issue. I don't know. But at the end of the day, that's kind of a wild thing to be saying to the, the governing body. Like, how dare you speak the name Shikari Richardson? You know, or does that... Like, is this a standard that we need to prepare for? Like, do you and me need to hire some lawyers if we ever, like, talk about her? Like, I just predicted that she wasn't going to PB. Am I due to get Mm -hmm. served a notice from her lawyers that, hey, you shouldn't have mentioned her name? How dare Is she the Voldemort of 2022 track and field? So I just counted in that little description you said her name five times. And I want the legal people to know that was Gordon who said her name. That was not me. Um, so you can inform your defense attorneys, your attorney as as necessary. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe it was a different post that she thought she was responding to. I'm not sure entirely. But it just seems like this the, the trend that was in, in 2021 where everything becomes a story with her is just going to continue into 2022. That's what it feels like. Yeah, she's like the Antonio Brown of uh, track and field right now. It's kind of wild. I, I don't know. It's yeah. just like, oh, ooh, like, see, like, yeah, June 26, 2021, the last time World Athletics posted about her, it was, uh, like, pumping her up, saying, yeah, she just casually dropped a 10-6-4 in semis. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, I don't think World Athletics is out to, like, hurt to, like, shit on anyone. I don't know. But uh, 
No, this I'm is sure they like. We'll keep an eye on because when she does go run, and if we tweet about it, I'm we might be careful. We gotta be careful. Anyway. Well, I'm doing a pro rankings next week, a show where I'm ranking the top ten men sixty, women sixty. Um, I also did a already recorded a, a new show that I'm doing that recaps the week in track and field, and I talked about the twenty two things I'm looking forward to in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. She was featured in that as well too but i just want people to know that you said it five times i just want that to be clear before we get to the end of this segment if travis um breaks it up yeah it, it, what mac fleet said here you're trying to wrap us up in lawsuits uh i don't know good luck with you to you gordon good luck to you i'm just it's gonna be redacted on all the stuff that i post going forward i think if you're sebco if you're world athletics i think you love the women's hundred just in general you have multiple countries represented. You have a world record that's under threat. You have three people that people are extremely interested in seeing. When he talks about wanting to make the sport relevant, when he talks about wanting to push the sport forward and have people really engage in, in these meets, not just in the major championships, but in the, the Diamond League, the Continental Tour, this is what he's talking about. Now, can it go overboard? Of course, but this is the stuff nah. that you think. This is the stuff that you think the governing body would be all into. You can never go overboard. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's wild. Uh, hey, I'm a big fan of her, even when she posts some some wild stuff like "I'm going to sue you if you say my name." Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting. What? Should we, I think it'd be funny if if she does run like something on flow track in the coming months or whatever. She like runs at a world indoor tour meet that we have. Mm -hmm. If like when we post like the results, we just like have name redacted, you know? Yeah, just be fun. cross it out. Yeah, yeah. It's just like an ongoing bit. Yeah. Headline: Gordon's such a big Shakira Richardson fan, he's willing to be sued by her. Yes, for saying her name six different times. Um. Yeah, the hundred is gonna be hundred is gonna be. Terrific. The women's hundred. Tom, there's just storylines aplenty there. Because remember, Thompson Hurrah switched coaches too, right? And Fraser Price left that group, according to Stephen Francis, because of Elaine. So there's all sorts of intrigue there on the women's side of things. And then there's going to be a new name. You know, there's going to be someone who pops up from out of nowhere. You also have really good geographic diversity represented there, right? You have a lot of fast Europeans right now as well too you all obviously have marie jose Tolu who ran really well from the ivory coast it's a it's a really cool time for 100 meter fans in the in the world let's You're get into doing our a human press release for the women's 100. i think it's a great event gordon just as you <laughs> went out on a limb and said that christian coleman's going to be fast i'm going to go out on a limb and say the women's 100 is going to be good i just am excited about go. it travis put up they put up that graphic there and i'm just looking at 1054 1060 1072 like those times are insane those times are preposterous five women under 1080 to 1060 or faster and then the 1054 you could not have convinced me that that would have been the 2021 list prior to the season and then you throw in all the other stuff that went on right and yeah. how how interesting that pre-classic race was after the olympics it's crazy all right let's move on though let's forecast 2022 um first of all you wanted to start by predicting who the usa cross champ would be 
I told you this was a horrible idea because we're trying to get, you know, we're, we should start with the most intriguing, most interesting, and I don't think it's USA Cross, but I will allow you to make your picks because it is this weekend. Yes, USA Cross this weekend in, I believe, San Diego. Is that where it is? I think San Diego. Sounds right. Sounds right. right. I think it's San Diego. Uh, USA Cross is a unique event where, you know, do people care about it? Do people not care about it? Do we, like, we try to, like, people love NCAA Cross. When it comes to Pro Cross, it's kind of has yet to really catch on. Sometimes we try to make it happen, but it doesn't happen. Like, we try to make it a big deal, but then it's not. I don't know. At the end of the day, our sport is super designed around the only thing that really matters is global outdoor championships. But I digress. I think we have the same picks of who we think is going to win. The women's race, I think, is intriguing. Obviously, uh, Molly Seidel's there. Um, Winnie Kalati's there. Alicia Monson there. So you have a bunch of Olympians, uh, Monson and Molly, uh, there. And the way Kalati's been running, it's she's been running out of her mind. Sarah Hall, I believe, is there as well. So yep. I think this is Kalati. This is the year of Kalati in 2022. I think she's going to win this race. I think she's going to go on and be in the 10K team at in Eugene. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this is going to be the year of Kalata. We talked about that over the fall. And I'm picking her to win the women's race. On the men's race, it's a little unknown. You don't really have the, like, the, the Grant Fishers or the Woody Kincaid's, Lopez Lemongs of this world. You have a bunch of other, like, even, like, I don't even think, um, like, Joe Klecker's there. Like, so these people that have done it on the track recently aren't in this race. So, I'm going to go with Hillary Bohr. He's He won Club Cross, I believe. So the win, Pro Cross, after winning Club Cross. I got the same picks. I didn't even look at yours. I picked Bohr. I picked Wayne Kalati. I think Hillary Bohr is, you know, he's got that steeple strength, obviously. He's run some good 5,000s as well. I think he's going to prevail. With Kalati, she's got Molly Huddle potential. And by that, I mean, I could see her having a couple years where she dominates these sort of U.S. championships, all the road titles, cross country, and makes a bunch of teams on the track in the 10,000. Obviously, Flanagan did that as well, too. But Molly Huddle's list of U.S. titles is really long. And I could see Kalati doing the same thing. She's versatile. She doesn't really need the race to go a certain way for her to win. She's perfectly comfortable leading. So I went with Kalati and Hillary Bohr as well for USA Cross. Let's keep it moving though. We got a lot of different categories here. Um, men's Athlete of the Year. Who do you think will end up being the Men's Athlete of the Year, Gordon? So Men's Athlete of the Year, who was it this this year? It was Carson Warholm, Warholm. Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. Warholm. Um, Obviously, Krauser and Mondo, they were the other nominees. But I think I'm going to go wild. I'm going to like kind of think who's going to be someone that uh, – this will, be, in my opinion, will be an exciting athlete of the year. And I'm going with Jakob Ingebrigtsen. I think with the Commonwealth Games also going on, I think he might pull off a double with the 15 and 5. I think there's just going to be a lot of opportunities for Jakob to kind of show off. So I'm going with Jakob Ingebrigtsen. I think he does the double. I think he wins the 15 and the five. I think he goes on and dominates Commonwealth Games. And I think, because uh, Norway's in the Commonwealth Games, correct? Hopefully I got no. that right. They're not? No. Well, why would they be in the Commonwealth Games? I don't know who's in the Commonwealth Games. Who's in? 
Dang, you have to I thought they were. It's part of the. It, it's it's connected back to to England. Yeah, Norway's right next to England. No, not G. Oh, this is embarrassing. Um, it's hard to figure out who's in the Commonwealth. From the I'm Commonwealth sorry. of Nations, it's from the Commonwealth. There's of like a random like African British. countries in there too. It's like confusing. All right, well, well take that part. Right. I think he's gonna. Could, I think he's gonna pull off the five. Be... <laughs> sorry. We're, we're laughing. I think he's going to so, run the 515 double, and I think he wins both. And I think that double win is going to be enough to be the athlete of the year. Okay, yeah. So this is the Commonwealth. Like, how is Canada in it? It doesn't make any sense. Because it, it was part of the – okay. It, basically, if there's British roots there, if they're former British colonies, that's where you're going. Right. So why don't we India, have British roots? India. Well, Gordon, I'll tell you about a little little thing called the Boston Tea Party. Probably ruined Ooh. our ability to get invited to the Commonwealth Games. He can double though. So this yeah. is put Commonwealth Games aside. <laughs> this is a great Sorry. episode. <laughs> Between this Sorry. and the thermostat, this is just peak Gordon Mac. I hope people are enjoying this. He can double. So I think this yeah. is not a bad pick. I'm going with Ryan Krauser, though, because he, I think, should have got it last year. And I think he may not set a world record again this year, but I think there's a possibility he sets indoor and outdoor world records. And I think because he was so close and so deserving this year that, that he'll get that nod. Now, again, it's tough because he's got to beat what he did last year at least in, in, in to get a world record, which is what's going to differentiate himself from everybody else. But I think he could look at what he's lifting here. This is insane. He says it's ugly, but strong 335 pounds. That didn't look ugly to me. If you get 335 pounds over your head, you can do it any way that you like. If Jakob does win, that'd be back to back for Norway too. That'd be pretty wild. Yeah. Call athlete of the year uh, city. Athlete of the year town. What do they call You know, like title town, USA, whatever. Yeah, yeah. After the year, Norway. That photo looks they... photoshopped. This photo of Ryan Krauser, that is not a real photo. That's Post, portrait mode. Up. That's portrait mode. That looks, doesn't that look photoshopped? It looks like... Yeah, but I bet that's portrait mode. He... Or an even better camera than an iPhone has. Yeah. It looks like, one, he's not in the boat. It looks like he took a picture in front of a green screen. And it also looks like the, the fish is not in his hand. He just got that from Google Image Search and put a fish... In his hand. Imagine we know how big Ryan Krauser is. Imagine how big that fish is. That's it's cool. like his whole torso. That <laughs> thing has got to be massive. If I was holding a fish up like that and it spanned my torso, it would not be that big in real life. That thing has got to be. That thing's eating people at a certain point in its life in that lake. Um, all right. So, do you think if Norway does go back to back, they'll get invited to the Commonwealth Games? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think maybe I think you know Britain's kind of looking for some uh, some uh, positive news over the past year or so. Yeah, Commonwealth. Uh, Bill Kingsley said Commonwealth Games. Gordon is picking Kentucky over Massachusetts, I mean, <laughs> or Massachusetts over Kentucky. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. Most Americans don't know anything. You could have said Euros. Commonwealth. You could have said Euros. Are Euros this year, next year? I think they're this no. year. There's no European well, Championships this year? 
I don't know. You should I know think, this. I think they are. Because apparently you're supposed to know they're. everything about this world. And you know whenever Euros is. They are. They are. They are. In 20, they are? Uh, August 15th to 21st. So you should have said, I meant Euros. If you did that. I meant Euros. There we go. That's what I, Travis, edit that back in. <laughs> I meant Euros. Hey. Talk about completely yeah. ruining a clip. All right. Let's keep going. <laughs> Women's Athlete of the Year. Women's Athlete of the Year. Okay. So I'm using a similar philosophy with the men where a very deserving person who didn't get it in 21 is going to get it in 22. So for 21, Rojas was a contender. Thompson Hurrah ends up winning it. But I think also McLaughlin and Safan Hassan. McLaughlin because of the world record. Safan Hassan because she attempted the triple. Of that group, Rojas has already got it. She's got to beat her own world record. McLaughlin would have to beat her world record and beat Dalila Muhammad, which is going to be tough. I don't think they'll give it to Thompson Hurrah back-to-back unless she breaks the world record. I like Safan Hassan because I think she's going to be able to win at least two again, and then I think she's going to be able to get one world record at least. So she'll either get the 10,000 record back that she held for a day, or she'll go and get that 5,000 record and maybe even put it under 14 minutes. And I think that's going to have a, you know, just solidify a really strong case for Safan Hassan. If she does anything close to 20, what she did in 21, then I think she'll get it in 22. 22 was just really tough, or 21 was really tough to get Athlete of the Year. A lot of good candidates. So I like your pick, Safana San, but I have a, I'm, I'm getting a vibe that maybe Safana San kind of takes her foot off the gas a bit, you know? Try to extend that career long. You don't need to be going for broke every single year, year in and year out. You want to be able to still keep this career going into 2024. So I think she still does well. I just don't think she maybe dominates as much. Mm -hmm. I think she might, you know. So I'm going to go with someone who I think is going to dominate, and that is a thing, Mo. I think a thing, Mo, not only dominates, I think she goes undefeated. I think she breaks the world record in the 800. Mm -hmm. And I think she is the anchor of the 4x4 that also breaks the world record. And she will be the the star of worlds of yeah. being like winning everything. So that's my pick. The minimum requirement though, feels like a world record and or double gold undefeated season. And in her event, because of the way the schedule is, we know she probably won't be able to double four eight. Yeah. She could get the four by four. So I think she would have to get the world record, which is going to be, very tough to do. Is it doable? Yeah, I'm not going to count her out. But you can see what the requirements are. Now, maybe it'll be an off year. Maybe the times won't be as quick as they were in 2021. Maybe there won't be a 1-2 double. Maybe there won't be a 5-10 double. Because that always knocks somebody out. Because if someone gets a 1-2 double, that's automatic trip to Monaco. 5-10 double, automatic trip to Monaco. And if you get a world record, usually then you've narrowed it down far enough to where you're probably going to be at least a finalist. So with her in the 800, I think she'd have to get the world record. So on that one, you're basically betting she's going to get the world record. I think what she's if... going to go undefeated. I think, I think there's no doubt she's going to go undefeated. I feel really good about that. What if you're the first ever Norwegian to win a Commonwealth title? That, that's, that's worthy of. <laughs> Define the odds. I, Define the so odds. I also, so here's another, I just thought of this. There, an, another route for a thing, Mo. 
she can't double at the world champs, but she can put out some impressive 400 meter performances. So maybe she breaks the American record in the quarter at some point. So she yeah. adds other stuff to her resume. She's a non-traditional runner in terms of breaking the mold with the four eight in the same thing, in the same way Safana San is in terms of going for three events. So those athletes, perhaps they have a little bit more wiggle room in what they can put on their resume to make themselves an attractive candidate for this. But I think Mo would be, she would be a pick for me for a finalist. I think Safana San's going to get it, but, but I think for sure she's going to be a finalist. That's a good pick. I mean, I don't think she would do it, but like the perfect thing for her to do would it be run like a couple of focus on a little bit more on the four during the diamond league and uh -huh. win the 400 diamond league title have the 800 world title yeah have the four by four world title so then you have these three world type titles yeah and i have one of them be a world record so also world athletics obviously really loves indoors because they're gonna have a world championship this year. That's and I true. think they're gonna they're gonna put more weight on that than most people will. And I have no idea who's planning on running world indoors, but that could be a way to 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 move up the rankings and potentially get the win. Someone's uh mentioned Donovan Drayton, Christine Momba can take part in them. She could take part in world champs, under twenties, commonwealth, and worlds. And be the first to do all four. Mm. That I mean, Christina Boma could run nine seconds in the hundred, twenty seconds in the two hundred. She could go out there and win the marathon, and they're never going to give mm -hmm. it to her because World Athletics already is trying to put a crutch on her career. Um, but yeah, that'd be kind of wild. Indoors, U twenties, Commonwealth, and Worlds all in the same year. That'd be, that's a lot of the quad, as it's known. First ever quad, quad champ. Uh, Semenya never won athlete of the year, just to put that out there. First person to break a major indoor world record. I got two of them. One of them is the guy I've already talked about, Krauser, because the indoor record is under 23. I don't think there's a reason why he can't do what he did outdoors, indoors. So I think he'll be the first one to get a world record indoors. And then my second one, I haven't spoken about this person yet, but Faith Kipyegon. I think can get it indoors in the 1500 and that mark she's obviously run 351 outdoors the mark is 353 by gudoff sagai we know she's better than gudoff sagai she's beaten her on a number of occasions so i think as long as she gets an opportunity she can run 353 we know she likes to chase records remember 2020 she kept going for the thousand meter outdoor record if you're willing to go for the thousand meter record i think you're going to be willing to go for a 1500 meter record indoors. So I'm going to go with Kip Yegon on the women's side. You don't have to have a men's and women's pick, but I did. Yeah. Um, I like how I, when I read this prediction, it said first person to break a major indoor world record because. Yeah, we're not talking 600. I didn't see that because I was like, oh, world record easily 600, 300. Someone's going to run like a 500 yard world record. Yeah. I was rated. List off like 12 college kids who are going to break world records. Um, <laughs> but then I saw the word major indoor world record. So I had a limit to go, actual events. Um, they all go to I'm going to just. Penn State. Yeah, they all go to Penn State. I'm just going to lean into my athlete of the year pick. I got to. If I think a thing Mo's going to win athlete of the year, I got to think she's going to break a, a world record. So let's see Mo run 155 indoors. 
Why not? 155.82 yeah. is the record. It would be incredible. She ran 155 mid. Um, she goes to BU. She that would it would happen. I mean, I don't know what her indoor schedule is yet. She hasn't really announced what her plans are. She hasn't been. Uh, so we don't really know. And sometimes indoor seasons for pros is really short. It's like four, three races max, yeah. or even two. So it's gonna be hard for her to get it. But why not? Throw my hail mary. Thing though, eight hundred meter indoor world record. Do you think if she got that indoors that she'd be not a lock to get it outdoors, but very likely to be able to run one fifty three low outdoors? Yeah. It would be I mean if I go out if you go out there and run one fifty five indoors, I think you should be very confident in your ability outdoors. Because you'll be like, hey, less turning. Okay, here we go. Uh yeah. let's let's run fast. And anytime you break a world indoor record, you're already automatically thinking this is a year for a big drop in your PBs for outdoors. I'm looking at Ajay Wilson because she ran a lot indoors over the years. She always put that as part of her season. And her indoor PB is at 158.29. Is that correct? Or does that not include, remember, because the suspension, she had that time thrown out? But I'm not sure if that, oh, man. I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out. Don't worry Anyway, about well, my point being, she has a three-second differential between in and out. And she ran outdoors a lot. Or sorry, she ran indoors a lot. So if Mo can keep it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the one that was tossed was a 158.27, which is only, yeah, it's only two one-hundredths faster. So 158.27 and 155.61. So if Mo can go 155, I think that's a clear indication that 153 is next. Yeah, it's called the Ajay Wilson factor. conversion. Yeah. Conversion. Yeah, the Ajay Wilson conversion. I mean, as you AW get faster, convert. obviously it gets tougher as you get faster. Um, there's probably a bunch of, you can probably find some, some, a lot of data on men who've run 155 indoors and figure out what they've run outdoors. And that could give you a good indication as well. Good segment there. Good segment. Very few screw ups. Let's keep going. First person to break a major outdoor world record. I'll let you take this one, Gordon, because we both have the same picks. Yeah. See, when you ask me these questions, I want to pick something wild, right? I want to pick like, whoa, oh, okay, or like this. But like, we're all going to really resort to like the names that have been breaking world records lately. And that obviously is Mondo, Duplantis, Pole Vault, someone like Ryan Krauser in the shot, and Safan Hassan in the five. So I put Mondo, Pole Vault, Hassan, 5K as the first to break a major outdoor world record. It's basically going chalk. It's basically kind of punting the question and be like, yeah, I'll go with the people who, who are very, very likely to break world records. I did too. Because you got to go through the list, especially for the women. Do you think we're going to see 1049? Do you think we're going to see the, the 200 mark go down? The 400 mark's way out there. 800, you said it. It could go down. 15, I think, is pretty close. Steeple's a bit out there. 5 and 10, both susceptible. Camacho Quinn is only six one hundredths off in the high hurdles, low hurdles. Sydney just needs to PR. Delilah just needs to PR by a little bit. That's possible. Um, 
And then on the men's side, you start with the field events, Mondo and Krauser. I think it's a bit harder to see Marks going down on the men's side. Holloway, you could have picked Holloway. Yeah, I could have picked Holloway. 0.01 off, and you, you could pick Warholm or, or Benjamin. Obviously, in the 400-meter hurdles. But it, for the men, it's like, is the one going down? Two, four, eight. Those are real long shots. 15, maybe. Five and 10. I mean, Chapter Guy just, just set them, and I don't know if there's going to get a race, if they're going to get a race together that's going to go that fast. So I think we're going to see more women's world records than men's, but that's not, that's not saying anything too dramatic. What's the next prediction? Four categories left. We got about 20 minutes, so we can do five minutes per. We're going into your territory now. We're talking about NCAA outdoor men's team champion, not indoors, because you're going to talk a bunch about that next week on the debut episode of the NCAA track and field show on the flow track YouTube channel. So outdoor men's champion, who do you got? So because I've been studying a lot of the indoor champion, like uh, the breakdown of indoor teams, and you asked me outdoor, it's kind of like, Ooh, I got it. All right. Who has 400 meter hurdlers, javelin throwers, discus throwers, decathletes. I was thinking like, all right. And also like, four by one. And I was thinking about that and I was looking at like the current indoor rankings and I'm going to, I didn't want to change my indoor rankings too much. So basically I went with Georgia. Uh, spoiler alert, Georgia is going to be my number one ranked indoor team. And I'm going to then just assume that they're also going to figure out a way to put together enough points to also be the number one team outdoors. Uh, I was thinking Texas or LSU, but Georgia, new coach. They still got Matthew Bowling. They still got great decathletes that are going to rack up some points. Um, I look at Georgia as the team to beat. And it's going to be very – when there are – there's no dominant team. The way LSU dominated, the way Oregon has dominated in the past on the men's side, the way sometimes mm -hmm. Florida would dominate on the men's side, there is no dominant team in 2022. Now, things can change when random international transfers I'd never heard of come in and be like, hey, I can, I can jump over eight meters in a long eat, and I'm from Alberta, yeah. Canada, or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. But Georgia men, that's my way, way, way too early 2022 outdoor pick. LSU loses Laird, loses Javon Harrison, but they bring a bunch back if you look at it. They're going to have Noah Williams back. They're going to have Zuriel Pedigo. They're going to have a, a several other throwers who scored points for them. High hurdles, they're going to be strong with Edwards and Thomas. Sean Dixon Bodie is really good. Sean Burrell also, remember how good he was at NCAAs? And we thought, hey, he could get on the Olympic team and then had some misfortune at the trials. Like he seems like. A real safe pick for 10 points. But I went with the team that was 10th last year, Gordon. Florida State. I'm going with a little bit of an underdog here. Florida State. So they bring back Jovan Martin. They also have Banks. They got Grimes in the jumps. Irving. Distant side of things. Adrian Wildshut, I think, could rack up a ton of points in the 5 and the 10. And then Ahmed Muhammad. Also, Matt Owens has transferred there, the BYU steepler. So perhaps they could get some points there. 
they're spread out about uh, across a bunch of different events. I'm assuming they'll have a strong four by one as well too. But when I was looking at it, it did seem pretty close because a lot of people are just coming back from last year. And then the dominant team, LSU, well, they had two really big point scorers not come back. So they've come back to the pack. Yeah. I don't want to – Florida State's great, but yeah, I don't think they're going to be close to winning. But that's just me. Well, you can be wrong. We'll run this back. I can we'll be run wrong. The tape back. I can be we'll wrong. We'll run the tape back in June. You just said it's really close. You just said it's going it to be is, really but... close. And there's no dominance. So if 45 points wins, they have a path to 45 points. When I looked it up. Yeah. They do have a path to 45 okay. points. But but look, listen, LSU, if they win the, if they win the JAV, if they win the – um, four meter hurdles, right? They're already to tw- if they win the four by one, you're already at thirty right there, and you don't even need to go much farther. Um, women, women, I went with Texas A and M. Tyra Gittens is coming back. That's a lot of points. Uh, Deborah Aqua as well. Destin in the high jump. Cherokee Young in the quarter. You know they're going to have a four by four there as well. And just the Gittens factor. I think they can rack up a ton of points with her. I've never been more confident in this prediction. The Florida women, who I don't think Mike Holloway has ever had a, a women's team win. They may have podium once, but his like streak of always podiuming is always on the men's side. He has an insanely good women's team this year insanely good mainly because he got two of the best georgia transfers jasmine moore triple jump star anna hall the the, uh, the heptathlete high jump star mm-hmm. he brings everyone back i have them scoring over 70 points indoors the florida women are going to be the prohibitive favorites in 2022 in my opinion look at a&m up. too a&m was second so for the record, Look, A&M is still a good pick on your part. Looks like 92, the women won indoors, but not okay. outdoors. And we're talking outdoors here. So it would be well, historic. Yeah. Good pick, though. Good pick. Good pick. I think, um, obviously, with those transfers coming in, it's going to be it's going to be a very, very um, tough team to beat. Um, I wonder... Because Gittens, I think, went in her three events one, two, three, if I'm remembering. So she didn't leave many points on the table. But if she could, you know, improve that again, you're starting with somewhere between, you know, 25 and 30 points just from one athlete. They obviously lose a thing Mo from last year, which helped the four by four and obviously got them uh, 10 points in the quarter as well. Yeah. Here, listen to what Florida has. They got Samira Killebrew, who's a great great sprinter. They got Tathia Diggs and Taylor Manson, who are great 400-meter runners. They both will score. They got Gabrielle Wilkinson, who's around 201 in the 800. She's going to score. They got um, Grace Stark, who's a great short hurdler. They got Anna Hall in the heptathlon. They got Jasmine Moore in the long jump and triple jump. They got Claire Bryant in the long jump. They got Sterling Lester in the heptathlon. They got... the Latricia Hooper, who's a good triple jumper. And then they also can put together a decent enough DMR for indoor. But 
they are going to have a good four by four and a good four by one outdoor. They got mm-hmm. so many people. So many. Do you think they'll be? Do you think they'll be better relative to the competition indoors or outdoors? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I think it'll be same. I think it'll be equal, equally dominant. Ah, I don't know. Ah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, this is great analysis. Yeah, that was a great analysis. All right, two more categories. Move on. Last two. The finale. Well, I wanted. I wanted to bathe in the awkwardness for a little bit. I just take a beat nah. or two. Just nah. Just sit there. Ah, an Olympic nah. champion who doesn't make the podium in Eugene, and I'm talking about a Tokyo Olympic champion. So who's somebody who won? last year but won't get on the podium at the world championships quarter i picked three i'm going with tentaclo long jump her from greece tambury tambury high jumper from italy and hansel parchment 110 hurdles from jamaica all three of those guys were kind of like well tentaclo almost didn't even podium he was like in fourth or something on his final jump and then won i know that because mm-hmm. i won money off of him i think high jump is such a wild event where anything can happen there was a tie for first in the event and then parchment obviously up to set grant holloway had the race of his life again i think the difference between first and fourth in a hurdle can be mm-hmm. just having a on or off race on certain hurdles right it's not as clear cut as a hundred meter dash in my opinion. So those are my three that all won the Olympics in 2021, who I think will finish outside top three in 2022. You can see all those scenarios playing out. I went with Marcel Jacobs in the hundred. The hundred right now is wide open. If Coleman comes back and is the Coleman of 2019, there'll be a little bit of a gap. But as it stands, there's a lot of people in the low 9.8s. And I think the U.S. men, after their sprint squad, did not produce the output that people expected in in 2021. And part of that was just coming off a really good Doha World Championships. I think they're going to be really strong in Eugene. And the U.S. men combined with Andre de Grasse and some other men from around the world are going to keep him off of the podium because you could see even going into the Olympics last year, we were talking, can the U S sweep or can the U S get two medals? And then, you know, de Grasse is going to be there because de Grasse is always there. But if you had a podium of Coleman, Curley and de Grasse, that would not surprise anybody or Bromel Coleman. DeGrasse or DeGrasse, Curly, Baker. You know, there's so many possible options out there. And maybe Jacobs will have fully ascended to that next level, but we literally haven't seen it because he literally hasn't run since the Olympics. I know he's going to run an indoor meet coming up. We're not going to get too much out of indoors. He was pretty good in indoors in 2021. So if he's not around that same sort of form, I think that's going to give us a clue. I'm curious if he's at the Diamond League or at the Continental Tour on a week-in, week-out basis, just how he do, how he fares, right? Is he running like the Olympic champion or 
is he running like a guy who won the Olympics and is now just one of many who could get on the podium and perhaps in the right race again, get gold, but also could finish out of the medals. So Jacobs is my pick. Jacobs is going to be running live on flow track, the world indoor tour. Check it out. It's going to be fun. Got all those. Which, I think we which have one, which one, uh, which Joel, one's he no. running? I think it's France. I think it's Levine. 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 I also think maybe career, Manuel career. Yeah. I could see the Andrews is wild. I could see easily him getting fourth, you know? So if Brazier doesn't come back in the 800, do you think the 800 is going to be like last year again? Yeah. hundred percent. It's going to be. Okay. Yeah. Tough sledding. Tough sledding to figure out those podiums, that's for sure. Those Diamond League results, because it was just a total toss-up every single time. And then 145 won in Worlds. So, who knows? Let's go in the other direction here. Who's somebody who did not make the final in Tokyo, but will win the World Championship in Eugene? So I saw your answer, and I feel like my answer along with your answer are both cheating. I was just going to say your that answer. Exactly. Your answer was Brazier, 800. Well, he wasn't there, so it's an easy answer, and he's the world champ. So, And yeah, I went with no. Jakob Ingebrigtsen, who just didn't choose to run the 5K, but then he'll, okay. I think he's going to win the 5K. So you picking Brazier to be 800-meter world champ and me picking Jakob to be 5K world champ, after not making the final in Tokyo, I feel like is an opt out. Like I think the honest question is like who like went to Tokyo and got knocked out in the semis? Who's then gonna come back and win worlds? Right? That's what the question should have been. Would that answer then be Bromel? No. Do you know what that answer would be? Who? Wait, did he make oh wait, did he make the final? Did uh, the javelin thrower make the final? Oh, you're still on the javelin thrower because you bet on him. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Roller? He did make the final. What's that? What was his name? Are you talking about uh, the German? Uh, I'm blanking yeah. on his name. Yeah. German javelin. Uh, Johannes Vetter. Vetter. Sorry. I said he... Roller, the other guy. Okay. So he finished ninth. Mm, so okay. he did make the final, but he didn't make the top eight. So that counts. Johannes Vetter didn't make the final. Okay. He wasn't top eight. He was ninth. He's going to okay. the world. He's going to the world. In the running events, though, is it Bromel? Yeah, Bromel would be a good one. Obviously Coleman, but we can't use Coleman yet because he wasn't there. But Bromel will be someone yeah. who got knocked out in a semi. Uh, or so uh, didn't... Uh, Who's the one that got knocked out in the 200? Was Sharika Jackson? Sharika Jackson, but to win gold, she's going to have to beat yeah, that's Thompson, Hurrah, and Boma. You look at the women's side, it's way tougher because can you imagine someone other than Thompson, Hurrah, Fraser Price, or Sharika Jackson winning the 100? Probably not. 200, Thompson, Hurrah, and Boma, Gabby Thomas, 400, Miller, Weibo, Paulino, and Felix. It's probably, I mean, you could say, um, I don't know, like, I mean, if a thing most, which is events, maybe. But that's sort of the Ingebrigtsen thing too. Like you go through this list, like women's five. Oh, I know, women's four hundred. 
I can see women's 400. You can see Wadlin Jonathus, who got knocked out in the semis, having a comeback year, be running 49 seconds and win. I could see Wadlin Jonathus win Worlds. But Okay, but 49 seconds is probably not going to beat Sean Miller Weibo. Right? Yeah, That's but the... Sean Miller Weibo could have an off day. You know. I'm just looking at the Olympic champions, and I know some of them are going to lose. But on the women's side, this is the group. This yeah, is the group. True. Thompson Hurrah, Thompson Hurrah, Miller Weibo, Athing Mo, Faith Kipiegon, Safan Hassan, Safan Hassan, Camacho Quinn, McLaughlin, and Chemutai. And those are just the Olympic champions. But the question was, who, who didn't make the final? So you'd have to go even deeper and look eight deep here, or in the distance even more, and say, well, none of those people are eligible to win too. So I think it's a, it's a very small list. And on the women's side, it's really hard to think of somebody. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I don't even, I don't even know where I would go. Like, if I had to pick one of these, like women's fields, I mean, maybe I would say something like steeple. Perhaps that's probably what I would, what I would go with. I don't know. I mean, high high hurdles. Camacho Quinn like quietly just completely dominated that event last year. So I don't. That's going to be tough. And then Kenny Harrison was right behind her. So you think she'd be the next person who could who could take it? So I think we yeah. should wrap up this pod with Fun one final, about. one final event to preview. Um, Six p.m. Central tonight, January seventh. We have the San Antonio Spurs, fifteen and twenty-two, mm-hmm. going up against the Philadelphia 76ers, twenty-one and sixteen. Mm. Spurs: Keldon Johnson out, Derek White out, Devin <laughs> Vassell out, Lonnie Walker out. Everyone yeah. in your team is out because of COVID protocols. My team only has a couple guys out because of COVID. Your team coming off a good win over Boston, but you're you're one and four in your past five. The Sixers yeah, are five and zero oh in their past five. Who's going to win this game between Philadelphia and San Antonio? For those listening, San Antonio is Kevin's team, and Philadelphia is my team. I mean, I'm going to win because I'm not going to watch it. So I'll be the big the big winner here. Yeah. After Boston is when all these guys, some of them were already out, but uh, Keldon and Derek White got into the protocols after. So we got DeJounte Murray back, who's our best player and our point guard, and then this group went out, which is basically, you know, another three starters plus a guy off the bench. So, yeah, we're going to lose by a lot. Uh, you guys are favored by seven and a half. I'll probably watch the Bucks nets instead. Sounds good. Well, what do you think? We'll end it with that. We'll end it with you conceding victory to to me and my Philadelphia 76ers. Great way to end the um, pod. We got a bunch of emails that we'll read on Friday, including an update in Gordon's pursuit to dunk a basketball in the year 2022. So stay tuned for that. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to Colt, as always, for producing. We need to we need to figure out a way to get Colt involved in the show every single I wanted to talk to Colt today about Norway and his feelings about its connection to the British Empire. But we'll save that for Friday. Thanks, everybody. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. See you then.